You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Monday, September 19th. If this is your first episode, thank you for joining. If you joined us in the uh, the first week, we also appreciate that. We'd like it if you would subscribe, uh, give us an iTunes review and rating. I don't know what that ever does, but it makes us feel better. Uh, I'm Mike Marshall, and on the other end of this phone line is Jacob Kemp, both of us of 1310 The Ticket. Both of us do post-game shows for the Dallas Mavericks and know more about your team than most national people. So that's why you're listening to us. Today is September 19th. We are one week away from media day. We are two weeks away from preseason basketball. All up in your face. I guess, first of all, how are you, Jacob? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm fired up to talk Gal Meckel. Shane <laughs> uh, Larkin. Rodrigue Bobois. Rodrigue Bobois. <laughs> I did position, the uh... position of strength. <laughs> it really is. It's one we're leaning on this year. I did the uh, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball uh, one like last Friday, and I didn't realize this dude was in Sydney, Australia that I was talking to. His name is Josh Lloyd. He's really funny, and he's good, and he just had an accent, and he was really interested in Bogut, obviously. Um, but I got to go in, and we were just talking, you know, shooting the S about Mavs, and I brought up Roderick Bobois, and he about fell out of his chair. And I was like, <laughs> I was like don't laugh at me, man. I would have bought, bought that jersey. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. I definitely would have bought that jersey. I still would buy that jersey. Yeah, no doubt. You get a throwback, Rodrique. There, uh, there was a couple other ones in there, too, that were missing. Uh, what about uh, the Spanish fellow? Ooh, which one? Rudy Fernandez or of? someone else? Rudy Fernandez, to... who never actually played here. No, he didn't. We just gave up Jordan Hamilton straight up for him, and he never showed up. That was a weird offseason. <laughs> That was like, hey, we traded, we traded uh, Jordan Hamilton, our pick, for uh, nothing. And then we got to... Uh, more of a swing we, guy, but man, we've had so many spare point cards over the years. Yeah. It's like, if you just go back through this list, it's hilarious. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, Jameer Nelson, that's all you got to say. Um, yeah, that was the offseason of Lamar Odoms. Things got real weird real quick. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining us here on Lockdown Mavs and uh, the Lockdown Podcast Network in general. It's your team every day. They're daily. They're on demand. So you can listen to them whenever you want, and they're you know insiders of teams. So I hope you're enjoying the network, and I guess we can get moving with this week's topic, which is position previews. And we're going to do the point guards, which aren't uh, very fun. The I think I've labeled it the position of least upside uh, on the team, and I don't think that's insane looking at the the group that they've they've put together for this season, which is ex- exactly the same group as last season, which was um, you know not great. We've got, I guess we can start with our boy, Darren Williams, uh, 32 years old, 65 games played last season, uh, only appeared in three of the playoff games, playing 16 minutes on average because of his sports hernia that he missed a lot of the uh, back half of the season with. And 
you know, you can go through all all these dudes at the same time, but Darren's the number one guy where I look at and I go, okay, are any of these guys going to be healthy when the playoffs start? Uh, man, I think that I would almost be on board this upcoming year with like letting D will sit every fifth game or something. Yeah. Because if you do get to the playoffs and you do have a chance to, to try to shock somebody, you're going to need literally every single player on your team to contribute when that time gets here. And there's no chance that if he just plays a full complement and still tries to play 32 minutes a game like he did last year, no chance he's going to be healthy in the playoffs at all. Uh, I would literally rather let J.J. start, I don't know, 25 games. And I feel even better about that now, even though we're classifying Seth Curry as a combo guard and not previewing here uh, him here today. Still, you've got him. And mm-hmm. if you have to start J.J., you can bring him off the bench as your first point guard off the bench. Or maybe it's Devin and he comes off with him. You've essentially just swapped Raymond Felton for Curry, which I think can be an upgrade, but it's just going to depend on, you know, how many games you get out of D-Well. And, and I feel like if they do the exact same thing that they did last year, this year, he won't even get to 65. Yeah. No, I don't think that's insane, man. 32 minutes is too many. And uh, he's gonna he's not healthy coming into this season, and he was healthy coming into last season. Like, that was the first offseason he didn't have surgeries on his ankles or something weird. And we only got 65 games out of him. And you mentioned the deli- the delicate balance that it takes from everyone in this roster to be healthy and be contributing. Otherwise, the like the house of cards just uh, crashes into the ocean. Um, but they had to lean on him so much because his shot creation and his ability to uh, every once in a while actually get to the basket and finish a nice little finger roll off the top of the glass. Like, I don't know. Was that the second best um, shot creation tool of anybody on the roster last season out- outside of maybe Chandler Parsons? You had to lean on him. Yeah, Berea has a little something to yeah, say about that, but but he Good also call. can't play the minutes because he can be exposed quicker. Uh, his shot, I feel like, is one of the streakiest, not necessarily mm-hmm. his crea- ability to create, but his ability to hit from anywhere approaching outside uh, Berea's is just really, really inconsistent. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't think they should just let him play until he's hurt. I think they should try to manage it in some manner Um, because, you know, every week or so, a game in which you don't have Darren Williams is not going to kill you, but Mm -hmm. a month or a month and a half without him will. Oh yeah. Cause those minutes start piling up for JJ. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know how you, uh, you know, it's no hard, fast rule. It's not like if you say, Hey, if you skip every fifth game, then you're going to be healthy later Then he still may not be. But I mean, he was pretty average last year and mm. uh he was pretty average playing 65 games if if he's pretty average again but it ends up being like 50 then they're probably sunk yeah and if you you know you say he plays 32 minutes last year they're supposedly a top 10 offensive rating team you would think a point guard that plays 32 plus minutes and takes uh 12 shots on a you know top 10 offensive rating team those numbers are bad for that type of player like they were completely average for Darren Williams numbers outside of uh maybe the three-point shooting which we'll get to that here in just a second but if you plug in a player and you drench them with 32 minutes starting point guard in this offense you think you get more out of uh that player than you know like 14 14 and 5 um and better percentages honestly because I think the formula for him this year is 30 minutes um please stop shooting threes (laughs) because he you know 34 percent 
ain't going to work for me. And shooting four plus threes a game ain't going to work work for me from the point guard. Yeah, he somehow posted the same usage rate as Goran Dragic. <laughs> yeah, That's healthy. And, you know, uh, let's see, and Mike Conley. And yep. most of these guys have a little bit heavier. But it's interesting if you just look at the PER. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was 28th among point guards last year. Yep. And that's a stat that is not, you know, there's going to be guys who maybe gave their team a little bit less, who just played fewer minutes, like, you know, Ramon Sessions or something. Right. Or Patty Mills, I see, are both above him on this list. And I would take him over them. But mm-hmm. most of these most of these guys are starters. You know, most of these guys are playing as many, if not many. Like, let me ask you this. Right now, going into this season, would you prefer Darren Williams or Darren Collison? Man. The fact that you even have uh, to ask the question. Yeah, I mean, they're the same type of dude, honestly, to me. Um, they don't contribute too much to actual winning on, on the whole. <laughs> uh, maybe Collison. I don't know what his number is. If it's cheaper, then I'll take Collison, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he both he played 30 minutes last year at 74, and played 74 games and turned in pretty comparable advanced statistics. Yeah, no, I'd, take, I'd take Collison, especially since, um, I don't know, there's something about – not having a veteran point guard or a point guard that the coach trusts uh, implicitly, like a you know four-time, five-time All-Star like Darren Williams, where you wherever whenever he does uh, do something really dumb, which he did quite a bit last year. Like he wasn't he wasn't a perfect player, um, but they had to lean on him for shot creation. That I felt like he took he took it to a next level in some games and basically shot them out of games. And he's not a very good passer. Like that's the secret about Darren Williams. <laughs> Back when he was racking up like uh, 10 plus assists a game, those days are way gone, man. His vision isn't yeah. really there. He can't put his body where he wants to put it. Um, but he's perfectly average. Yeah. And I'd rather have George Hill. I'd rather have Jeff Teague. I'd rather have, you know, so you start bumping him down in this pantheon of point guards. And you get to a point, I don't know, what, 18? Something like that? Because there's so many good point guards in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, most teams' backups. Most playoff teams' backups are better than Darren Williams. Like, Sean Livingston is better than Darren Williams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a real push whenever you say Jeremy Lin. Yeah. You know what I mean? How, how, um, how about it's a real push when you say Della Vadova? <laughs> it seriously is, though. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, he's not that much worse. I mean, he's obviously more of a Berea-type complimentary piece, but he still plays 25, 27 uh, minutes a game. Yeah. No, and he can offer you, like, legitimate tools – that is uh, defensive, I guess, go go sick him type defense, and he'll knock down a better percentage of threes. So at least you know what you're getting consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if it's like if you draft a dead guy, at least you know he's a dead guy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't have a ton else to say about Darren Williams except for he's the most average point guard in basketball, and his numbers will tell you that across the board. I need him to stop shooting as many threes. Yeah, and I really hope they draft a point guard in the first round next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are kind of primed to, um, if they're interested, pull off some kind of trade. And I'm not even mad about this collection of point guards because I wouldn't have, you know, overpaid for that. And after Mike Conley, it got real gross. Right. Um, and I wasn't in that market. Like, I'm just, I'm good. Thank you. You can keep those dudes. Uh, I'm not giving any of these guys 10 plus. Like, I'm not giving that Jeremy Lin contract necessarily. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with Darren. It's just once you, I'm tired of the free agent you know, landscape dictating how my roster looks every year. (laughs) That's getting pretty old. Um, I guess we can talk about J.J. Barea, who I think we all have. uh, He's he's done basically a a 180 over the last, what, since the beginning of last season. I was like, what the hell is this contract? 
Why did yeah. you give this? To, why did you give this to him? He will still be here till the end of the 2018-19 season, which is kind of uh, incomprehensible to me. But man, he saved their bacon like what ten times last year. If he wasn't on the roster, like he they lose ten different games of three, two or three weeks where he was like 50, 40, 90. Yeah, uh, he was scoring like twenty points a game, and he was just—it was ridiculous. I don't recall exactly when that was, but he had like a—that was end of December, early January, yeah, when he got like, those got those yeah. eight starts, and then in April yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it was just you're not making the playoffs without that. So right, uh, it's a little weird that it's as long as it is it is the deal, and it it obviously feels weird just on principle that they increased the dollar amount after DeAndre backed out. But what I kept trying to tell people back then is that's really just in principle alone because going from two and a half to four. Point three or two two point eight to four point four or whatever it is under mm-hmm. this cap, it's it doesn't it literally doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, that's just like a thing that it, on paper it looks weird to say. Oh, you just gave this guy more money because this other guy's not taking your money, but it's still great value. I mean, his contract under this cap, especially on I think he's worth more to the Mavericks than he is to any other team. Oh, for and, sure. But that's really all that matters, though, is what mm-hmm. he can do for you and. What he did for them, as you said, was he saved them big time, and I'm glad he's here this year. I, I really do think that, you know, Curry can play like a complimentary type role that Berea can. Uh, maybe it's more as a two than a one, but I'm fine with having both those guys coming off my bench. As we talked about before, I think they can help you with pace. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be They should be one of the faster-paced bench teams, and his shooting is going to come and go. His defense is not really going to come at all, but right. he can – play with a number of different types of twos and threes and to me I'm really glad he's here yeah I mean the great question with JJ Bray has always been the same it's can he be efficient enough and potent enough on the offensive end and create enough good looks and uh you know knock down enough threes and drive enough defenses insane uh by getting in you know getting in the paint consistently to make up for your throat getting cut on the other end uh having to hide him every single possession and having him not be able to defend anybody um, outside of maybe taking an elbow to a f- to the face every once in a while yeah. or, or stirring some stuff up with Russell Westbrook. Um, but, I mean, he was great last year. I don't want to diminish what he did and what he, uh, you know, the actual value that he provided to their win total because if J.J. Bray isn't here, I'm not sure they make the playoffs. And he's another dude. I mean, okay, Darren's 32. J.J. Bray is 32. I think they actually have the same exact birthday which is really odd. Uh, let's see, June 26th. June 26th, same exact day. <laughs> so was Ray Felton when he was here, which was really awkward uh, when all three of your point, point guards had the same birthday. So but, much Hennessy. <laughs> oh, my God, the most. <laughs> um, yeah, so Darren's 32, JJB's 32, Devin's 33. Like, I guess round one of the playoffs, game one, are either of these dudes going to be fully healthy or is the formula that you've set up where – uh, you're leaning on Darren so much for shot creation, and I don't think the formula is that different this year on their offense. Um, you might even need to lean a little bit more on Darren for shot creation. Uh, Darren wears himself out. JJB goes in there and you know picks up the, the baton for a nice you know three weeks there, and then he ends up hurting himself because he uh, I think he either tore his groin or his hamstring last year, um, and he was useless in the playoffs. I think he played. Uh, he he roughed it out. I mean, he gave it a yeah. go and played four games. It was just not good basketball. <laughs> it's not what we were used to. 
from him. But, dude, he's low-key one of the most valuable people on this team, I feel. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. And uh, the reason for that is because if you want to move on to the next guy, yeah, yeah, I for sure, Dev. I don't know that I expect to get a whole lot out of Devin. <laughs> Man, I don't even know if he's gonna play. I mean, he's not cleared to play right now. We're two weeks away from preseason basketball. He had uh, left big toe and thumb surgeries this off season. So I don't even. Yeah, if he does play. I don't know when he starts getting involved. I don't know in what point in the game are you going to look over there when Devin is healthy and say, I'd rather have Devin Harris on the court right now than Seth Curry. Man, yeah, and I guess it just depends on who he's playing with, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, can, I can find a way to get Curry on the floor, whether it's with Barreo, whether it's with Williams, whether it's with Anderson, because Devin Harris, God love him. <laughs> <laughs> He was so bad last year, and he was it, awful. It's man. probably because he was hurt all year. I, you know, yeah. I would if someone told me that, I would buy it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But he has fallen way off, and I think if you're expecting to get much of anything out of him in his age 33 season, whenever he's not healthy coming into the year, yeah. I, just, I don't. He's definitely not giving you the 20 minutes and 64 games he gave you last year. So, at what point is it not really worth it anymore? I mean. I don't necessarily mean from a money standpoint because he makes none either. I more mean from a that's someone else's minutes standpoint. Yeah, better usage of minutes, and that's what you got to look at if you're you know if you're Carlisle. I know he loves to just um, you know draw up a game plan and just stick to it for about two months there until something smacks him in the face and makes him adjust. But dude, last year was awful, and he's going to be more injured this year, one year older. Um, you know he'll go weeks without making a three. Uh, what he gave them the year before was great. If you can yeah. guarantee me that Devin is somewhere in there for a couple months at a time of nine points, uh, you know, three assists, uh, raising hell defensively a lot of the time. But for a player that relies so much on their speed uh, and, his, and his quick twitch ability for his toe to be jacked up, for his thumb to be jacked up, man, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing on this roster. Like, I have no idea. And you can't cut him, I mean. Uh, I think this is the last year of his deal, uh, last guaranteed year of his deal. Yeah, next year is not guaranteed at all. So, I mean, he's really not a piece, but I would love to have a legitimate um, point guard behind those behind Darren and JJ, considering how injured they are and how old they are. I don't want another 33-year-old dude behind a third behind a pair of t- 32-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other play like there's that's the sort of spot that other teams in the league are getting valuable minutes out of a 25 year old with yep exactly i mean if a guy that maybe you don't trust to handle the ball for your team all the time a guy that maybe you don't trust to be like you know to be playing at the end of a game but like Mm -hmm. a second round pick or something that just uh can give you know that's how like you know for example that's how dennis schroeder became a starter yeah like by being a guy and i know that he was you know 12th or 13th pick or whatever but that's the type of guy that you can play him without like over leveraging him and let him develop uh in real game action but instead we're giving it to guys who are and you know Berea like we said his value is what it is so you're okay with it but Devin man it's way harder to justify giving him you know half the game uh it it just on a a team that's trying to make the playoffs it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me yeah, and you look at his number and you say it's not huge and next year's contract's not guaranteed. But honestly, 4.2 uh, this coming season for that caliber of player 
which I think you could easily replace with a rookie level um, point guard or uh, just. So well, how about this? I think you just did replace it with Seth Curry for like one and a half million dollars. <laughs> yeah. And, and it exactly. was at the, at the end of free agency. It yeah. wasn't like something you had to like, you know, that it was just there. Uh, yeah. It was just there. It's 1% of your cap and it's probably mm-hmm. already better than a guy that's been with you. So I'm, I'm proud of him as like what he's been a part of here, but I don't know that I have much use for it anymore. No, I don't either. And smart teams will, you know, get bigger bang for their buck out of their third guard, um, or at least their third highest paid guard um, routinely. I mean, whether, you know, it could be anybody that's spare that needs development, and I think he'll be a better play than Devin Harris at this moment. So I don't even know when he'll be back. I don't know what he'll look like, and I don't know if, um, you know, Seth Curry absorbs his minutes um, as, you know, a combo guard, or if, you know, Jonathan Gibson, if they have to keep Jonathan Gibson or something, um, who's 28 himself. Like, we're not, we're not breaking in any, uh, any upside point guards. This is like the most boring position on the team. Um, I guess the Jonathan Gibson story is fun to, like, write about on Mavs.com, like, once a month. Um, you know, how many points he scored in China and stuff like that, but not, not super interested. No, I mean, I don't really know enough about him. I mean, I guess, like, this is you write guys like that off, and eventually one of them out of every hundred of them turns into Berea. Yeah. Uh, so who, who knows? He he may be he may be end up being fine, but I I would say at this point I'm not really all that hopeful. I guess I could say I'm hopeful. I don't really know that I'm all that uh, really. There's nothing to him. lose. Yeah, at all. There's nothing so. to lose at all. Um, yeah. So I guess to in summation, if I had to rank the five positions on the team, I'm gonna rank point guard fifth. Like I like every other position's depth chart more than I like point guard. That being said, they have the uh, the highest floor to me. Like, they're not going to be a disaster, but they're also not going to be above average in any way. Okay, that's fair. I think that, uh, that probably works. And it's probably represented by the fact that you've got every one of those guys has that, like, the, well, at least two or three of them, you know what they're going to give you, but you are know what they're not going to give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so tomorrow will be, uh, shooting guards, uh, Wednesday, small forwards, power forwards, Thursday, and then Friday we'll drop a center, uh, position preview for you here on locks on Mavericks. Thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to subscribe and, uh, rate and review the podcast and all of the stuff on a uh, locked on podcast network where you can get your team every single day. We're daily. We're on demand. We're uh, quote unquote insiders, if you will. Um, so give us a whirl, subscribe. We'll be here for you tomorrow. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Mike.